Hello everyone and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word. We're so glad to have you today from wherever you're listening, wherever you're downloading. We are glad to be a part of your Bible study and are glad to be a part of your growth in Christian living. Today we're going to speak to you concerning the topic of the inner witness and what the inner witness does to you. It comes from our Sunday night Bible study that was given on 7-10-22. And uh, it was a part of the message that, that was a continuation from the process of identity where it began, but the Holy Spirit took us into the uh, uh, teaching on the concept of the inner witness. Now, John said in John chapter 2, verse 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you should abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. And the, the scripture I want you to focus on there is, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. It abides in you. And it will teach you. He will teach you. That anointing will teach you if you will allow yourself to be teachable. Now we're going to go in to the uh, message uh, from Sunday night, 1722, uh, and I hope you will enjoy it. Uh, we're teaching a series right now on identifying the process, and this will begin, begin with that, but it will uh, move into the, the inner witness as the teaching unfolds. So let's get into that, and I'll be back with you at the end of the message. We have six o'clock on Sunday night, and we're ready to get our Bible study going. Uh, part two of identifying the process. Um, so let's have a word of prayer and get started. But before I do that, I want to tell you, uh, Janie asked today, uh, if mom might teach one uh, day this uh, one time or coming up soon. And I talked to her today, and mom's probably going to teach one day this week on Facebook. Now, you won't want to miss that because old 98 is quite a teacher, and the Word of God will come forth in a great and mighty way uh, through her very unique means and styles. And so uh, this week, mom's going to put her on a Facebook post on Family Fellowship Chapel, and uh, we know that you will enjoy it. You look for it. Uh, many of you haven't seen mom for quite some time, uh, but she is doing well, and she's going to share with us some Bible study, and I know it will bless us. So look forward to that someday this week, and uh, uh, you will be blessed by the wisdom and insight of a woman who studies the Word of God every day and spends her time daily, not only in the Word, but in prayer. All right, let's get going with tonight. Let's have a word of prayer. We want to welcome all of those of you that are coming on, those of you that are on, Sharon and Heather. Uh, we uh, appreciate you guys, 
and uh, there'll be more to come on here in just a little bit. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Father, we surrender ourselves, yield ourselves, and sanctify ourselves to the word of truth. Jesus, we ask you to please speak to the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit, please manifest and use us to minister truth to your people. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, Lord, and God, and we say amen. Well, let's begin with Isaiah 61, verse 3 and 4, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste places, and they shall rise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Now, I want to begin tonight by sharing something with you a little bit more deeply that I commented on this morning. I want you to consider this. As we try to share with you the Word of God. Now many people have shared what God has given them personally in Revelation. And there, there have been doctrines, there have been complete movements concerning a revelation that was specific to an individual. Now all of that is good as long as that revelation can become specific to the hearer. But the Word of God, the Word of God itself, is a revelation to every hearer. The Word of God itself is a revelation to every hearer. When your eyes are open to it and you are able to see the wisdom, understanding, and knowledge that comes from the Word of God, then the Word of God itself becomes your specific and personal revelation. Now that's beautiful, because it is not a bent, a take. It's not how God showed me. It is the Word of God as the Word of God speaks. And so as the Word of God speaks, here's what we know. <clears throat> Does Jesus speak? Well, according to his own words, he said that the Holy Spirit in John 16 would not speak of himself, but he would only speak what he, meaning Jesus, told him to speak. So yes, he speaks today. He is involved with his people directly today. Paul said that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, what we have to come to the understanding is, is the Word of God is a revelation in and of itself. And it will speak for itself, provided those who are hearing the Word of God will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them. Now, we have created an atmosphere in modern Christianity where the Holy Spirit has been sidelined. He's been put on the bench. He's not listened to. We are so intellectually driven that we have put the Holy Spirit 
in a position where people are not listening, looking, or thinking about him anymore. This morning I said to you, I'm speaking to you from the Word of God, what the Word of God is teaching and saying, and we need to listen and hear what the Holy Spirit now is resonating in our inner man. We need to hear from the Holy Spirit. Now, people today, through their intellectualism, try to make the Word of God simple. Try to make the Word of God easy. <clears throat> well, of course, if you're trying to get someone saved, to simply say to them, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, well, now that, that can be simple. <clears throat> Excuse me. But no one who is going to grow in the grace of God, in Jesus, in the Word, is going to come through a simple means. It's going to take study. It's going to take meditation. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take you listening and being in tune and in touch with the Holy Spirit. Because that is the only way that Jesus is going to speak to you. Is through the Holy Spirit. Now, because we have tried to make the gospel so simple, we have an, a spiritually uneducated group of people. We're Christians, but we're spiritually uneducated. What makes you say that, Pastor? Well, when I look around at the things that people agree with and call themselves Christians... I look around at the things people do and call themselves Christians. I look around at the things people say and call themselves Christians. We are an uneducated group of people. We're uneducated in spiritual things. Now, what does that mean? Well, of course, we've discounted and subsequently, in large case, discarded the work of the Holy Spirit. And we have substituted that with our ability to become wordsmiths. Wordsmiths. We have become the wordsmiths and we have attempted to educate through the manipulation of words. And in the manipulation of words to become intellectually pleasing and for the most part appeasing to the hearer. And of course, that has taken the place of the Holy Spirit. Well, consider that... In our modern church world, we place more emphasis on the communicator and his ability to speak in a fashion of which we intellectually can understand, and thereby we place less emphasis upon the creative power of the Holy Spirit to bring the workmanship of the Word of God to bear witness with truth in our spirit. Now bear in mind, this is the same spirit that Zechariah said, not by might, not by power, not by your intellectual words, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And then he spoke to a mountain, 
and said, now mountain, you look big, you look strong, you look thick, you look high, you become a plain. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one charged with the process. He is the one charged with the process of leading, guiding, reproving, and showing. Now, if we are hearing the Word of God and we are saying, Oh, my Lord, that's too much, that's too deep. There, that, that just is more than I can grab. The Bible's too hard to understand. Well, my friend, we haven't included what the Holy Spirit wants to do to open our eyes so that we can see. See, we have not come in touch with the Holy Spirit. So when, when people say that to me, or I hear them say that, and we often have through all of our years of ministry, I just don't get it, I don't understand it, it's too deep, it's too much, it's, the book is too big, the writing is too small, the language is too hard to understand. What they have said to me is what we refer to as a locator. We're able to locate them. What are we able to locate about them? We're able to locate that they have not come in touch and tune with the Holy Spirit and they are living the Christian life out of their own intellect, out of their own ability, out of their own mind, will, and emotion. And when you live out of the, the mind, will, and emotion, the mind, will, and emotion can be influenced. And when it is influenced, it will be influenced towards the things that satisfy us the most. Now remember, the Holy Spirit is the one charged with that process. Someone might say yes, but He gives us wisdom in the natural so that we can communicate appropriately. Well, in spiritual things, is that really correct? Or does He communicate Himself through a willing vessel and does he then communicate the exact commandments that come from the man in the Godhead now? One would say he makes the natural man to intellectually communicate. But Jesus said that he makes the Holy Spirit to communicate from him into the natural man so that the natural man can be reproved, guided, led, so that the natural man can be shown things to come. Hmm, isn't that interesting? See, we would think that we should be able to intellectually put it all in a little basket, tie it up, put a ribbon on it, and send it forward. But Jesus didn't think like that. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't teach like that. Now, when this communication occurs, there's going to be a bearing witness between the Spirit and your spirit, according to Romans chapter 8. Well, when we don't get it, the Spirit then, if we are in tune and in touch with Him, will then intercede for us so that our eyes can be opened to truth. But we discount Him. We don't ever go in and, and seek into that and allow the Holy Spirit to intercede for us because we don't know to 
we're stuck in our own intellect. Wow. Now here's the real issue, friends. Most likely, if we're not obtaining the good works of which God has ordained that we should walk in them, then we have removed the one who is charged, that's the Holy Spirit, to execute the dissemination of truth in our lives. So now we are dealing with those who may be from a different flavor of background of doctrine. And you would say, well, when we deal with those, you know, we've got to be very uh, cautious. We've got to be very uh, um, distinct with our sound. We've got to be able to break it down so that they understand it. Well, there is truth there. But what we've got to pray is, is that the Holy Spirit opens their eyes that they can see. Have you ever wondered why I pray that prayer before every ministry opportunity? Have you ever wondered why I pray that prayer every time I pray? Whether I'm with you, whether I'm on, on uh, Facebook, YouTube, in my prayer time. Because I understand that it is the Holy Spirit that is going to give me insights, concepts, and ideas that will allow me to better minister, but to be better ministered to by what the Lord is trying to get me to see. So I spend my time seeking the Holy Spirit to open my eyes because that is relevant, that is important. It is the means and method for me to minister, but it is also the means and method for me to be ministered to. Very important. Now, if we're not in tune with the Holy Ghost, then we may not be in a position where we're able to hear. If we're not able to hear, we will not be able to develop any understanding. If we cannot develop understanding, we cannot develop faith. See, just a blanket statement and say, I'm going to faith my way. I'm going to believe and believe and believe. You know, I can believe I'm going to have a full head of hair. But I don't think at this time in my life, my faith is going to bring that to pass. No, I have to put my faith in something that has been revealed to me. I have to put my faith in something that my eyes have been opened to. Not my faith in something that was open to someone else, but something that was open to me from the Word of God. Now, my friend, I want to tell you this. There is nothing in the Word of God, not one single thing that's over your head. Not one. Wherever you are in your stage of education and literacy in the Word of God, there's not one thing over your head. If, now watch me now, if you are seeking it through the means of being led, guided, reproved, and shown through the Holy Spirit. Most everything is over your head in the Word of God unless the Holy Spirit gets active 
to show you what it is that the commandment of our Lord is trying to bring you to understand. There's nothing out of touch, out of reach, out of hand, out of sorts in your Christian walk if you will access it by listening, pursuing, and following the Holy Spirit. Not one thing. Nothing too hard if you'll follow the Holy Spirit. Now, there are doctrines and teaching methods that place a literal covering over the Word of God. They cover it. They cover it by making it intellectual, absent of the Holy Spirit, no anointing in the Word, no anointing in the doctrine, no holiness, no tree of righteousness, Nothing that's been planted by the Word of God. So they cover the truth of God's Word, and therefore they cheat you. They cheat you out of the fact that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, can teach you and train you. Can teach you and train you what you need to know. So in essence, they restrict your ability to grow. And that's a sad thing. Now, I would suggest here that you look into the parable of the seed and the sower, because in that what you're going to see is exactly what I'm describing for you. So, the concept of identifying with the five names and the ten character traits of Jesus, is it biblical? Is it truth? Because no one's teaching it. Hmm. If we ask the Jews... If we were to get the Jews here and we were to say, uh, you use the names and the traits that were identified with the one who said that he would be your God and you would be his people. Didn't you do that, Jews? The answer would be an unequivocal. Oh, yes, of course we did. But pastor, why do we need to identify with all of those names? I would imagine that Israel probably asked the same question until God began to show up as Jehovah Jireh and provide them. God began to show up as Jehovah the righteous. God began to show up and they began to realize it was a deed and a task and an act of the production of God who had said to them, I'm going to be your God. And you're going to be my people. Well, when Israel had a need, God provided it. And they recognized that provision by attaching the name Jehovah to the provision. Such as the name Jehovah Jireh, which meant God was our provider. The Lord provides. When they needed a healer, or when they needed a banner to identify themselves, and God provided for them, well... He was identified to them as Jehovah Rophe, Rafi, the healer, the Lord who heals, or Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. They recognized the names of Jesus, the names of Jehovah rather, God their father. They recognized that by and, and, and called him by the names of his acts and works. In the New Testament, Paul tells us something we need to see. 
Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. Paul said that you and I are complete. We're complete in him. Now watch this because this is interesting. Paul begins this discourse on how this all accord he, uh, occurred. He said, we are circumcised without hands by the putting off of sin. Oh, we're crucified, circumcised, forgiven. Then he says, we are buried with him. Then he says, now watch this one because this is interesting. We are risen with him through faith in the operation of God. Do you see three things right there? Jesus Christ, the resurrection. Do you see it? Jesus who died on the cross, went to the tomb, buried the flesh, who was resurrected from the dead. Do you see it? Then he says we're made alive with him. Wow. We're made alive, my friend. What happened? We came out of the resurrection in a new spirit of likeness of that resurrection, and it's called the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Paul's teaching the same thing. Then in verse 19, he speaks of the head ministering to the body. Now, the first three phases of the name of Jesus are all taught by Paul in Colossians chapter 2. What Jesus Christ the high priest did. Now, we want the word defined for easy consumption. Uh, but it's not been with all of the intellectual designs that we've tried to place on it. Now, why do I say that? Because what I'm teaching, now get this, has been in Paul's writings from the very beginning. I just showed you in Colossians where he talked about the first three phases. Been in Paul's writings from the very beginning. No one can say it any better than Paul. Paul said this is the operation of God. No one can say it better than Paul. We have the option to hear the teaching and the instruction of the Holy Spirit and to grasp it, identify with it, and to use it accordingly or to choose to remain where we are. Well, what has happened? If we remain where we are, the church is in chaos, the ministry is going intellectual, everybody's telling us about a better life, but they can't provide it for us because they don't know how to provide. They can tell us about it. They can go through the bout twos, going twos. I believe he is. I, I see it coming. But somehow or another, we go home and nothing changes. See what I'm saying? Because we have chosen to remain in the same thing, the same doctrine, the same sound of which we have grown comfortable and accustomed to. Now remember, Israel went around the mountain for 40 years because of their unbelief in the power of God to fulfill His promises to them and to deliver them lock, stock, and barrel into the promised land. Israel went around the mountain time and time until all of them died over 20 years, 20 years and older. Why? Because they were given a message and they refused the message. So therefore, those did not enter in to the promised land.
Now, how many mountains, my friend? I'm going to ask you, listen to me now. How many mountains have you circled? How many nights have you grumbled? How many hours have you wondered where is God? How many days have you cried? Wondering why? Never being told that there is an access pattern and mechanism that is definitely defined by God from the Old Testament to the New that if you will walk in and identify with, you will be walking in and identifying with and imitating the very steps of Jesus Christ. The truth is that he has always been found in truth. Someone said, well, if he had said to identify with him by all of his names and character traits, then that would have been so much easier. There are many names associated with Jesus. We know that. But there are five definite and distinct sounds that come from the absolute engagement of himself with his people. Each name has a specific interest when associated with the needs of those who believe upon the, the work that that name provided. Each brings a specific process into absolute clear view. It just takes the Holy Spirit speaking the insight into his word to have your eyes open. Paul used, you know, his name in each of the first nine verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He identified him as the man in the Godhead in Colossians 2 and 9. Hebrews identified him as the high priest in Hebrews chapter 4. Now watch what I'm about to tell you. This is why Jesus told the disciples in John 16, 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. He went on to say that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, yes, I said the Holy Spirit, would tell you those things because he is going to speak for me. As Paul unfolded who he was and how the operation of God worked, the relationship of his name became abundantly clear. Now consider this. Would you ever want to live without the work that Jesus accomplished in the cross and on the tomb? Could you ever have lived without the forgiveness and the death of your flesh? Would you ever have wanted to live without the work accomplished in the resurrection? Would you ever have wanted to live without the alive life in Christ Jesus and the spirit of life that trumps and is greater than the spirit of death? Would you ever have wanted to live without the spirit of life and peace and trade that for a carnal life? Would you ever have wanted to live without a high priest who can be touched with your feelings? Would you have ever wanted to live without the knowledge of the conquering Lord who has led captivity captive and at whose feet every knee bows? Glory to God. Would you ever have wanted to live the Christian life without these definite impacts and engagements of Jesus Christ, our high priest and our Lord? I would dare to say no. 
but most of you have because you don't know them. Would you have ever wanted to live without a God who could communicate His directions, instructions, and His will immediately to you? I would say that if you knew so, you would say absolutely not. I want to know how to walk in the Spirit. I've just told you. Now why? Because each of these, each of the things that I've just defined that you would not dare to live without are fundamental to our ability to live a victorious life and be an overcomer. If you're in sin, you need the Jesus of the cross. You need the death of the flesh. If you're not living the alive life in the likeness of His resurrection in the tree of righteousness planted by the Lord, then you need Him in the resurrection. If you have feelings of any sort, sickness or otherwise, then you need Him as the high priest. If you have something in yourself that you know that must come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then you need Him as Lord. If you need the direct communication from Him so that you can have His commands and show that you love Him and He loves you and the Father loves you and that He is manifesting Himself to you, then you need Him as that man in the Godhead. These are fundamental to your ability to be an overcomer. Each of these is essential to your ability to grow and mature in Him. Now in most cases, however, the answer would be, yes, I need Him in these areas because each of these are absolutely necessary for Him to supply my needs according to His riches and glory. The needs that my life represents, they are my avenue for Him to meet every one of them. Since we know this now, we need to adjust our thinking so that we can live in the advantage that was prescribed for us in the plan and pattern of God. Since we know this, we now have to adjust our thinking. We have to listen. We have to listen for the sound of a trumpet that is certain, that leads us into the knowledge of truth, that finds us finding our high priest making the sacrifice of praise because we have become priests unto Him. Living so that everything that has a name in our life and in our world is brought under subjection to His Lordship. And then hearing Him speak from the throne room of God. The direct commands. Why? Because He has chosen us in himself. Father, I thank you for the word of God tonight. Minister to your people. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit, that we can see and our ears that we can hear what the word of God is saying to us. Open us, Holy Spirit. Make us subject 
to the influence of the Holy Spirit because we have identified with you, Jesus, as our Savior, our flesh burial, our alive life and likeness in your resurrection. We are now priests in the holy priesthood of yours to offer sacrifices of praise. Everything in our world comes under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, our family, our jobs, our finances, our home, so forth and so on, all under you. And you are communicating to us directly from the throne room of God how best to do what it is that is your perfect direction so that all things, all of them, can work together for good to those like us who love you and are the called according to your purpose. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our high priest, and our God. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, the inner witness, the inner teacher. Uh, this is a great teaching, and I want you to enjoy it, study it, uh, run Scripture on it, and allow it to bless you. Well, as always, if you'll find Him as Lord, who is over all three worlds and everything, every nature, every sin nature, and the divine nature, giving the grace from heaven, and if you'll find him as the God, the man in the Godhead bodily, who is communicating with you to reprove you, to lead you, guide you into all truth, and to show you things to come, you will find the reality of the tremendous eternal life that is given to you so that you can be as he is in this world. God bless you until we speak again. I want to remind you to contact me at MikeSpringstonMinistries.com, Springston56 at gmail.com, FFCMA.org, or through the messaging center of Family Fellowship Chapel. God bless you.